Welcome to Machine Learning. I'll talk about the Spirit of Enterprise book by George Gilder. The author says, Neither Europe nor Japan were creating new jobs in the early 80s. Only America was creating jobs. Europe and Europe nation, Europe nation, and the modeling after the welfare nation did not make sense. The fact proved was welfare nations do not create jobs. That's one of the great um, disadvantages of socialism is that statement that Gilder made. The fact proven was welfare nations do not create jobs. Telling America to look to the welfare states of Europe for lessons in job creation and competitiveness. However, since 1974, U.S. economy had created 23 million new jobs, accepted 12 million immigrants, whereas the European uh, Economic Community, the EEC, had not added new jobs. And the EEC sent home millions of overseas workers, and the EEC languished in $100 billion in government subsidies, and the EEC lost 10% of its manufacturing jobs. Entrepreneurs are always preoccupied with capital gains. Capital gains give capitalists the operating capital to create new markets, new jobs, tax revenue, and revive the economy. In 1978, the capital gains tax cut, uh, cut caused entrepreneurs to make new commitments of venture capital, raising 15-fold between 1977 and 1978. Venture capital investments rose from $39 million to $570 million, and by 1981, hitting $1.4 billion. In 1981, the tax rate cut dropped for the long-term capital gain to 20%, and by 1983, venture uh, funds soared to $11.5 billion. Without money, you cannot create money. In 1982, economists were speaking of a new Great Depression, yet venture outlays rose $1.8 billion from 1973 to 1983. Major venture capitalists soared from 25 to 200 new markets. The General Accounting Office assessed the impact of the 1978 tax cut, stating 72 companies were launched from with $200 million, $209 million in venture funds, directly creating 135,000 jobs and generating $350 million in uh, federal revenues. By 1981, there was $7 billion worth of capital venture outlays, 4 million jobs created, $12 billion in tax revenue, and $31 billion in new exports between 1981 and 86. In 1982, the economists were speaking of a new... Depression. So when economies began to stagnate, uh, companies and governments wanted to raise prices. 
That's just the opposite of what you should do when economies start to stagnate. You lower prices, uh, and that, that initiates depression economics. Profit problems and cost pressures entice the companies and governments to raise their prices. However, in every case, this makes the profit problem worse because rising prices attack, attract uh, new competition. In governments, the competition is special interest groups seeking more government help. And in companies, it is more companies seeking a share of the prize. The rising price causes a decline in efficiency and morale. On the other hand, lower prices bring a larger share of the market because they cause innovation that allows increases in the economy of scale. The unexpected breakthroughs in technology allow sudden bursts of profit growth and cost reduction. These are dynamic uh, gains. Tax cuts reduce the price for businesses, giving profits to growing new markets and creating new jobs. Tax cuts move business from the social business to the private business to minister and grow new jobs. The best investment to politics is a transformation of the U.S. tax structure. Laffer suggested a flat tax of 11.5%. Um, that would be a fantastic. The idea of the Laffer curve was that if you lower the taxes, uh, you'll actually, the government would actually make more in overall revenues because it would increase... Uh, growth, and uh, the money would then be able to attract more competition and innovation. And as that uh, innovation and um, products became uh, appealing, that would then create a new form of wealth generation. And so as that wealth generation increased, the the more tax revenue would flow in as the economy began to heat up. So centralized planning cannot uh, operate as efficiently as the free market system and, and cannot uh, match its level of innovation. Entrepreneurs are eager to move into new mandates and new markets. Entrepreneurs internalize the externalities of the industry expansion and take the discarded resources and convert it into something of value. They understand keeping low cost is the key to winning. The energy crisis of the 1970s was caused by a religious disorder. The Arabs should have learned the best enhancement, enticement, enhancement of wealth was to lower the price of oil and enlarge its usage. This is the central rule of riches. Yeah, and that's exactly right. The, if you want to uh, increase the wealth factor, lower the price and increase the usage. Uh, wealth consists not of things but of thought in ideas and applications which confer value to what seems useless to the uniformed. Anyway, I like Gilder's ideas. He's one of the um, great thinkers of our generation as it relates to capitalism and why capitalism works. Um... In another book called Leadership and New Science, the author says, ask the question, why aren't organizations working well? Organizations fail because they devalue the relationship network that exists within their organization. This world of relationships is rich and complex. 
None of us exist in, independent of our relationship with others. Systems influence individuals, and individuals call for systems. It is a relationship that invokes the present reality, which potential becomes real depending on people, the events, and momentum. There is a growing demand for spiritual experiences in people's relationships and work uh, environments. And you really see that with the millennials. They're wanting to hear more about growth opportunities. They want authentic relationships. Uh, they're talking about spiritual experiences in between uh, relationships. They're not necessarily religious, but they are definitely wanting more spiritual experience. Uh, why is progress coming from the unexpected places or synchronized, uh, synchronistic events? Space is everywhere filled with the fields that exert influence and bring matter into form. Shedrach has postulated the existence of morphic fields that influence the behavior of the species. Morphic fields are built through the skills that accumulate as members of the same species learn something new. Leaders are encouraged to consider the impact of non-material forces in the organization, culture, values, vision, ethics. Each of these concepts describes the quality of the organizational life that can be observed in behavior. What influences an employee's behavior to practice things like excellent customer service? We might discover while we want uh, outstanding customer service, these forces exerting reverse pressures. Perhaps people are signaling that they must take certain uh, quotas this quarter no matter what. And see, and if you, you move it to that type of objective, you can get free economics where uh, the customer satisfaction actually drops in the attempt to hit the quota. Uh, we can see the influence of the field by looking at behavior. Why do projects fail to achieve any significant results? More advocates are now speaking about strategic thinking rather than planning. When you look at uh, the planning for the future, strategic thinking is much more important than just planning. Uh, planning can actually get caught in the efficiency loop where uh, your objective is to maximize uh, efficiency. And without strategic thinking, you're missing opportunities uh, that are becoming available. And just, just like in the telecom, where you had a strong uh, market presence with the telecom and with Nokia, that uh, they didn't respond to the opportunities in um, electronics that the way that uh, um, Google Droid, uh, the, the, the Droid system, the uh, Linux uh, revolution as it have impacted the telecom smart device and so they they missed the rich environment of the Linux operations operating system and its applications and therefore as the smart uh, devices came in uh, people were electing to purchase those devices with uh, the smart operating systems with the telecom options versus the older technology that didn't have that, that rich environment of software. And uh, so they weren't, they were very efficient, but they weren't thinking strategically. Okay, Jack Welch said, Predict predicting is less important than reacting. Our environment and future remains 
uncreated until we engage with the presence. We must interact with the world in order to see what we might create. And I, I agree with him 100% that predicting is more important than reacting. We, we need to interact. Uh, as you interact with the world, you get more information, uh, better relationships, new perspectives, and see opportunities in that blue ocean without creating a sense of who they are and what they're trying to accomplish, organizations get tossed and turned by the shifts in their environment. And uh, that's, a, that's a product of uh, strategic thinking. So once you have a senior management strategic thinking, implementing, and the company engaged in um, achieving those tr- uh, strategic goals and objectives, then you have fuller engagement inside your organization. There exists in the universe an inherent orderliness, orderliness. I think this is interesting because we were talking about the in the in the code of of uh, uh, natural conduct or human conduct. You talk about this um, self organizing behavior <clears throat> that seems to exist in some organizations. There exists in the universe an inherent orderliness. Presence ways of organizing are outdated. There exist better ways causing change in complex systems. So millennials are very interested in engaging and predicting in complex systems and actually building some of these complex systems. Um, And they understand that there are better ways uh, to facilitate change in these complex systems than the existing status quo way of doing things. We are all searching for simpler ways to organize. We must embrace our despair as a step to wisdom. No one person knows everything about a complex system. However, there exist individuals who know much about the system. We expect to be predictable and are searching for better ways of objectively measuring and perceiving the world. Um, and one of the better ways to do that, to measure and perceive the world, is to study data. And that's what we're doing with the machine learning is we're measuring the data. Uh, we're making uh, guesses about data. We're looking for correlation in the data. We're forming hypothesis. Uh, we're uh, looking to see if we can predict or, or even if the machine can perceive the world. Uh, The idea of perception is fairly complex, but it is a guess. And so in order for a machine to make a guess, it would have to observe a behavior and then go through a series of steps to prove whether the behavior observation was, had uh, probability to support the uh, observation and then implement that conclusions into a model that could be used to explain the way the world works. Learning how to engage creativity that exists in the organization. How do complex systems change? Systems change when a critical business need emerges. System change as the company began identifying core values and promoting core values from the top. Systems change as core ideologies are discovered and explained. Discovering recruitment of talents helped the system to change by empowering talent with the ability to implement change within the system. 
and change the culture of the company. System change allows organizational fit, creating more adaptive and flexible structures to service customers and employees. System change occurs with small improvements, increased household keeping and removal of waste. Core ideology and beliefs uh, stimulate system change over time. Network relations give power to the system and facilitate change. System change occurs as barriers are removed. As people understand the big picture, system change will occur. Positive feedback loops cause system change. Systems based on living systems uh, dynamically will change constantly. Systems change when players listen to the customer. That customer uh, feedback is a lifeline to any business. Every, any business that ignores his customer or fails to listen to the customer will uh, receive the feedback indirectly through loss of sales. Organization crisis often stimulates system change, uh, meaning that uh, there's, there is discovery on the edge of chaos. So when things are chaotic and things are changing, that's where innovation is going to uh, kick in. You're going to find a new innovative way to solve, come up with solutions, and uh, those solutions are going to be much more efficient than the existing uh, systems and are going to be more flexible and give provide greater uh, visibility into uh, how the the dynamics of the system are working. Preventing organizational components from becoming too large, they reduce complexity, increase communication and coordination, and uh, facilitate rapid system change. Incongruity between one or more organizations builds building blocks causes incremental system change. How can we create structures that are flexible and adaptive? Self-organizing systems have the great capacity to adapt as needed to create structures that fit the moment. Process structures reorganize into different forms in order to maintain their identity. The system may maintain itself in its present form or evolve into a new order depending on what is required. Temporary teams are created to deal with specific and ever-changing needs and eliminate the rigidity in the organization. If a organization is to acquire qualities of adaption, it needs to open itself to information. Information must actively be sought from everywhere, from places and sources people never thought to look. Then it must be circulated free for people to interpret. The purpose of information is to keep the organization off balance, alert to what might need to be changed. Self-organizing systems are more stable over time. Here's why. Participation leads to active organizational strategy. Organizational data is rich in potential interpretation and completely dependent on observers to invoke different meanings. As each observer interacts with the data, he or she develops their own interpretation. The richness of the interpretations result from the power of participation. It is the participation that brings the plan to life. Participation, ownership, and uh, subjective data brings one into the central truth that we live in a universe where the relationships are primary. The world of the process, the process of connecting, coming into existence because of relationship. Role means nothing without understanding the networks of relationships and the resources that are required to support the work of the person. 
The agents of the system get smarter and the comprehension increases. In this relationship world, it is foolish to think we can define a person solely in terms of isolated tasks and accountabilities. We need to conceptualize the parts of the energy flows required for the person to do their job. How do we simply uh, simplify without losing uh, what we value about complexity? Well, simplification is not a cheap or easy process. Simplification requires a commitment, an investment, and an allocation to a resource capable of simplifying existing set of processes or tasks such that they are more intuitive and easier to understand and use. A system can descend into chaos and unpredictability, yet within the state of chaos, the system is held uh, within boundaries that are well-ordered and predictable. Chaos is necessary to create new creative order. Order and form are not created by complex controls, but are the presence of few guiding principles or formulas repeating back on themselves through the exercise of individual freedom. A few key principles combined with high levels of autonomy within the system is the recipe for success. We are beginning to recognize that organizations as a whole system and notice people inhibiting, uh, exhibiting self-organizing behavior. And that, that's a, this is a higher form of thinking, the self-organizing behavior, because what it, it suggests is that by increased participation, their perception of the uh, system has changed. And so they see areas where uh, more implementation of this automation is required. Better understanding of the uh, system allows for more automation to under, uh, for making decisions based on the rules of the system. But they're also not just limiting the system to machine learning decisions because they're understanding that uh, th that the system is a complex, adaptive, and uh, more organization is going to be constantly added to the system. So there's going to be a large number of integrative components that are interacting with this complex system that is allowing it to meet the needs of a, a changing world. By sheer force of will, we are the planet's intelligence. We are making the world work. That is absolutely correct. People make the world work. Uh, machines are assisting us in helping it to work. But if a machine does things that are not what we think should it should do, uh, they will be either uh, shut down or they will be reprogrammed to help us make the world work the way we think it should. So humans are still in control. The machines are not in control. Eric uh, Jancic said, any living system is never a resting structure that is constantly seeking its own renewal. And yeah, you and that constant seeking that renewal is creating new change and that energy of the group that's participating is so critical to that self-renewal process. Uh, information can create such a strong disturbance that the system can no longer ignore it. When a system can maintain its identity, it can self-organize into a higher level of complexity a new form of itself that can deal with the present. A system is defined as chaotic when it becomes impossible to know 
uh, what it will do next. However, if we can look at a system over time, it demonstrates an inherent orderliness. Its wild gyrations are held within an invisible boundary. A system is a set of processes that are made visible in its temporary structure. If we believe that there's no order in human activity except imposed by the leader, that there is no self-regulation except the dictated by policies, if we believe that the responsible leaders must have their hands into everything, controlling every decision, person, moment, then we cannot hope for anything except what we have already had a treadmill of frantic efforts that end up destroying our individual and collective vitality. I always want more people from more diverse uh, functions and places to be there. I'm always surprised by what people can create as they explore the webs of relation and care, caring that connect them. I learn a great deal from other people. I expect to see them differently from me to surprise me, says the author. Vision must permeate through the entire organization as a vital influence on the behavior of the employee. At equilibrium, there's nothing left for the system to do. It can produce nothing more. Every living thing is an open system that engages with its environment and continues to grow and evolve. To stay viable, open systems maintain a state of non-equilibrium. Equilibrium is death. So the death of a system is when it falls in equilibrium. No change can occur. No participation is occurring. Everything stays the same. Everything is just running in automation. Keeping themselves off balance so the system change and grow. They participate in an open exchange with the world using what is there for their own growth. Dis- disturbances uh, could create disequilibrium, but disequilibrium could create growth. If the system had the capability to react and change, then disturbances uh, was not necessarily a fearsome opponent. Faced with increasing levels of disturbances, these systems possess the innate ability to reorganize themselves to deal with the new information, self-organizing systems. Again, that's at a very high level where um, almost at a united order level of thinking where the uh, groups are in such a cooperative mode, they're not in a competitive mode, they're in a cooperative mode that they are adapting and adjusting to the complex system in which they are faced for the betterment of the whole organization. Self-reference is the key to facilitating orderly change in the midst of turbulence environments. In an organization, a clear sense of identity, values, traditions, history, dreams, experiences, competencies, culture is the only route to achieve independence from environment.